Welcome to the Financial Flight Plan with Tim Estes and Bree Reyes. When it comes to your financial future, we believe the sky is the limit. We'll give you the proper tools to keep your engine <clears throat> portfolio running smoothly. Let us pilot the answers to some of your toughest financial issues. The Financial Flight Plan starts now. Glad to have you all on the Financial Flight Plan podcast. I'm Ben George alongside Bree Reyes. She's an investor coach, a certified financial planner over at Estes Financial. And today we're going to talk about the TSP. Been some changes that I've heard about. We're going to get Bree to clarify it for us. But Bree, first off, how you doing? No. <laughs> I've been better, Ben. <laughs> oh, no. What's, what's going on now? What happened? Uh, I somehow tore my rotator cuff. And we're not exactly sure when exactly oh, goodness. I did it. It may have happened when we were skiing. I had a I had a fall when we were skiing, and I then I laid in bed with Nate and was reading a story, and it really really hurt. Um, but even before then, it had been a little sensitive. So I had did I'd done the strong female empowerment high tolerance for pain thing, which was notice my left shoulder hurts a little bit and just start carrying my purse on my right side. Like just modify. <laughs> right. Yeah. It. Rather than go to a doctor like a normal person, I was just like, I do not have time for this. I will just move my purse to the other side. It will be fine. And then finally last month, um, I dropped a glass of water because it I just couldn't even lift that much with my left arm. And that's when we decided, okay. And by we, I mean my husband and my business partner slash father basically were like, you need to go to a doctor. This is getting a little absurd. Salon pause is obviously not fixing. <laughs> it's ice and salon <laughs> pause is not fixing this. And sure enough, after seeing an orthopedic surgeon, I have a torn rotator cuff. So I am sporting a sling in the office sometimes, not because it makes it feel better. It actually doesn't help at all with the pain, but just it reminds me not to lift heavy objects. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's just more of a, a visual and a an immobility situation because <laughs> I will still try to pick up a heavy, heavy object. Jesus, that's tough. High tolerance, the high tolerance for a pain doesn't always help you. It yeah. can hinder quite a bit. Well, we're not too far off of Mother's Day. So it just, it, first off, happy Mother's Day, but it just speaks to how, how strong all you mothers are. So this is just <laughs> another story that point, points us in that direction. Oh, I know. They were like, how, how heavy is your kid? And it's like a 40 pounds. And like, and you haven't been picking him up lately, have you? And I was like, <laughs> oh, this like lately, like in the last 20 minutes. No, I haven't done it in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> but that. Needless to say, right now I can't lift Nate. He has to, I have to sit in a chair and then he has to get into my lap, um, which I think is helping a little bit. Good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, hopefully take care of yourself and, uh, and get that all worked out and hopefully you'll be feeling better very very soon but we're glad I hope so we're glad that you are getting it taken care of and we're glad that you have joined us today for this podcast because we got a good one i, I know Bree, you talk a lot about the thrift savings plan uh, i know it's it's something where if anyone i know you work with government employees quite a bit so if you have questions for us this financial i encourage you to visit the website estesfinancial.net and also jot down this number to call afterwards if you have questions about the TSP plan, but it's 817-444-8402. I know we talk about this quite a bit, but I've seen in the news that there are some changes that are, I guess, in the process have already taken place probably when this podcast comes out, but I think it's important for us to, to provide an update on what's happening and what people need to know. Yes. And we actually have a section on our website, estesfinancial.net, uh, for federal employees. So 
Some things we need to know, and yes, by the time this podcast comes out, I believe either all transitions or all transactions temporarily will be temporarily unavailable by the time this podcast comes out. So everything that we're going to talk about today should be restored and full access the first week of June, hopefully. I say hopefully because this is a lot they're trying to roll out right now, and I just, it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I am, um, I'm not holding my breath that it's actually going to all be done by the time we release the podcast. Just know that during the transition period, no matter how long it lasts, your TSP savings will remain invested in the TSP funds you've chosen. Payroll contributions and loan payments are going to continue. The only thing that it's going to stop is, well, disbursements, uh, transactions will be temporarily unavailable. So you're not going to be able to take some money, money, new money out. um, And you may not be able to see your accounts. Um, So they're going to temporarily suspend investment changes, change it. So you can't change investments during that transition period. And hopefully that is done by the time this podcast comes out. I'm really, really hoping it it is, (laughs) but I'm not, like I said, holding my breath. There's a lot that needs to be done in a very short period of time. So let's talk about what they're trying to roll out. And this is not a comprehensive list. This is just some some little things that I kind of saw that I thought were, were important. All TSP participants, this is important. All TSP participants will need to set up a new login for the TSP My Account. Um, doesn't matter if you've already had one. You need to set up new a new login to my account. And when you log in, you're going to notice new design, new tools, a user-friendly, customizable homepage. Sometime in June, they're rolling out an official TSP mobile app to access your account from your phone. Um, they're also going to have the option to use fingerprint access and facial recognition for another level of security. They're adding virtual assistance to to ask account-specific questions uh, and live chat and account lock feature. You'll be able to prevent fraud by voluntarily placing a secure hold that disallows transactions that remove money from your account. So all wonderful things, some good, some bad. Just know with all of these changes, my biggest question is, how are we paying for some of this? Yeah. (laughs) As new things get in, announced, how are we paying for these things? So that's just that's just the website, and that's just access. Yeah. Um, then we're having a bunch of changes when it comes to investments. Okay. The low cost TSP funds that you you already have will stay the same, and your funds that are invested in that those funds will remain in those funds unless you request a change. But they're also adding new investment options through the TSP mutual funds window. And ways to new way to move money within your TSP account. So let's talk about this mutual fund window for a second. Okay. And this is something, Ben, you may have seen in private sector 401ks, where you have the option to invest in in more funds than are just within the fund. The TSP is doing something similar to that, not exactly the same, because the TSP is not an ERISA plan, so it doesn't follow the same rules as a 401k. This mutual fund window is supposed to offer greater investment flexibility. If your account meets certain criteria, which they haven't really announced yet, um, you're going to be able to select and you can choose to access a selection of mutual funds. And we don't know the funds yet. We know there's supposed to be 4,000 of them. 
or 5,000 funds is what I've seen written out. But this flexibility comes with fees. So there's going to be a $55 annual fee to ensure that if you use the mutual fund window, you're not raising the costs, uh, you're not increasing TSP administration expenses for TSP participants who do not choose the mutual fund window. So that's just something for mutual fund people only. Um, So $55 annual fee, a $95 annual maintenance fee, $2875 per trade fee, and other fees and expenses specifically to chosen mutual funds. So I named four fees there, $55 annual fee, $95 annual maintenance fee, and a $2875 per trade. So each time you buy and each time you sell, so when you rebalance, $2875 and other fees within the fund. Yeah, it's a little expensive just from the jump. If you choose to invest through this mutual fund window, your initial investment must be at least $10,000, and you may not invest more than 25% of your total account value in the mutual fund window. So they're really limiting what you can do, and they're making the barrier to entry pretty high, in my opinion. Yeah, seems like it. But it's always important to know about fees when you get into these investments. And again, before you do anything, right, you always want to sit down with someone to help you determine your best strategy. Exactly. Now, they're making it easier to move money, to roll over money within the TSP, to consolidate retirement savings in one place. This this comes with some pros and some cons, and each person's situation is different. So I would talk to a financial professional before you consolidate within the TSP, because you might have access to the money outside the TSP in a better way. Um, You'll also be able to move money within the TSP account. Right now, you have two ways to determine the investment mix within the TSP. Um, You're going to have your investment election. This is what they used to call contribution allocation. This is specifically new money. So when you put new money in, how do you want it divided within the funds? Um, And changing this investment election or contribution allocation doesn't affect the money that's already in the account. It only affects new money coming in. This is something that a lot of people have been confused about for a long time. Now we're going to add a reallocation. So this is what they used to call inter-funds transfer. This is the money that's already in the TSP that you're trying to figure out, okay, it's all in C fund and I want it to be a little more diversified within the five funds. How do I do that? That that moves money, Um, but they're going to call it a reallocation instead of an inter-fund transfer because the inter-fund transfer confused a lot of people. Just the wording was was poor. This will only affect money already in the TSP, not new contributions. So for new contributions, we have investment election. For money already in the TSP, we have reallocation. Those exist right now. The new thing coming out is a fund transfer, which is where you can move money from one fund or more to another specific fund or funds without moving the rest of your account. So this is a new option. Now, The big thing to remember, though, is reallocations and fund transfers are limited. Each calendar month, you can use your first two reallocation or fund transfers to distribute money in the account among the TSP. So after the first of either transaction type, you can only move money into the G fund. It's a a silly rule, but you can't reallocate or fund transfer more than twice a month unless you're just going directly in the G fund, and then that's always allowed. Um, So that's a new thing coming out. 
The thing I'm most excited about, though, is some of the changes to withdrawals and distributions. We're going to be able to use electronic signatures and (laughs) submit requests entirely online. That's huge. That's it's massive. When it comes to the government, that is (laughs) massive. We're also going to be able to receive your month, your money as a direct deposit into your bank account or by check. Right now, the default payment is a check by mail. Um, And the default payment, if you don't choose that, is always going to be a check by mail. You're able to request distribution installments. You can choose the start date for the installments. That's amazing. Um, We're also going to be able to receive automatic required minimum distributions. We've been able to do that for years in the private sector. All of our IRAs are set up for required automatic required minimum distributions. But the yeah. TSP is just now figuring it out. So there's, there's a ton of things that we'll be able to do a little bit. You'll be able to get a better financial hardship withdrawal if you qualify. They're also going to go expanded support options. We're going to get 27, 24-7 access to a virtual assistant. Okay. I know this is a computer bot, people. There will not be a lot of information, I would imagine, coming from the bot. Right. Also, there will not be a lot of, there will be no advice coming from the bot because the TSP does not want you to sue them for bad advice from their (laughs) brand new virtual assistant. Just not going to work. She's going to be able to, she or he is going to be able to ask questions about your, you'll be able to ask questions about your account and will supposedly connect you to a live thrift line representative through business hours when necessary. When necessary is key there, people. <laughs> um, you'll still be able to call the thrift line. You'll be able to choose how do you receive your statements, either online or by mail. The default delivery for quarterly statements, if you choose not, if you don't go in and, and say no, the default's always going to be online, and then annual statements will be by mail. This is big for a lot of people. A lot of people like mailed statements. I'm actually one of those people that likes mailed statements So because I keep them for my records. So that's something you're going to be able to, you know, pay attention to. No, hey, if I haven't gotten a TSP statement lately, why you haven't? You defaulted. It went online. And then the thing I'm more excited about than anything is being able to change how we designate beneficiaries on the TSP. Um, The biggest thing I see when people come in my office and they have a TSP is they don't have any beneficiaries designated, which is problematic for a number of reasons, but now we'll be able to um, confirm them online. We'll even be prompted annually to confirm them online and make sure they're up to date. There's a lot of new beneficiary designations that I think are, are a long time coming. This has been in the private sector for decades, but now the TSP is getting to it. Yeah. It sounds and, like that's the case for a lot of this stuff too, right? It's it's stuff that yeah. might seem like it for, for people in the in the private world, like, oh, you're not doing this yet, but this seems like it's a huge upgrade in it so is many a different areas. Huge upgrade. I don't know. And some of it's good and some of it, it it's costly. I mean, these costs are going to have to come from somewhere and you see it right here in the loans. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to have two outstanding TSP loans, but only one for primary residence. Obviously you can't have two primary. The word primary means one. So you can have two general loans for each account or one general loan and one primary loan. The other thing is the loan fee for a primary residence loan is now 50 bucks or 100 bucks instead of 50 bucks. So they doubled the cost of the loan. Um, they're giving you a little bit longer to pay it off. But, and if you leave federal service with an outstanding loan, you'll still you'll be able to continue making loan payments by check, money order, or direct debit. 
but you obviously can't apply for a loan after you've retired. But being able to still pay for those loans is awesome. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of good things that's coming out of this. There's also a, a processing fee of $600 for any court order information. Um, so for retirement benefits, court order or child support. So for divorce, now we've got this wonderful $600 processing fee. And so there's, there's some good things and some bad things. Like I said, this is a lot to roll out in a very short period <laughs> of time. Yeah. I am not holding my breath at the June, the first week of June timeline. And I'm warning anybody who, you know, start looking at those at the 5,000 fund options, take a look at the fees within the fund. Take a look at everything you're going to start paying if you're going to do it within the TSP. Yeah, a lot to process. You you, you kind of preface, preface the conversation by saying this is a lot to roll out in. And it's going through this, the more and more you, you list it, I was like, yeah, this is a very optimistic uh, timeline probably, <laughs> especially considering I mean, you've, you've told us you know consistently over these last couple of years that because of COVID, everything has been way behind anyway. Everything with thrift or everything with the Office of Personnel Management has been way behind and thrift has been a little delayed too here and there. I just, like with anything new, I get a little uncomfortable. I don't like change and I especially don't like change when I can't, when I'm not in control of the change and I am not in control of the thrift savings plan. A lot of people want to think I am not. (laughs) i'm not even a federal employee i just know a lot about it so that's part of the reason we wrote a book with our good friend so it's dad and i and our good friend dan retirement federal retirement flight plan seven lessons to save your retirement this we wrote this kind of for our federal employee prospects and for our federal employee clients to know that certain things that are different from their their retirement versus somebody else's retirement and kind of talks about taxes and shockingly it talks about taxes and retirement (laughs) and it talks about inflation and retirement and it talks about all the things that we need to think about when we're looking at moving forward on a fixed income i mean we've got our pension it's but it's a fixed income and it the cost of living adjustment is not guaranteed and in years we haven't had one and so it kind of it goes through and talks about all of the wonderful things that you need to think about when it comes to retirement and retirement as a federal employee, social security, all the great and wonderful things. So if you want to want to learn more about your pension, TSP, FEGLI, FEHB, this is an alphabet soup, as I just say all the things. So and how it affects your retirement, give us a call. 817-444-8402 and request the Federal Retirement Flight Plan book. 817-444-8402 or email info, I-N-F-O, at estesfinancial.net with your ad, and these are physical books. So with your address, your name, your phone number, because we want to make sure you get it. Um, and we'll get a copy out to you here shortly. That's a great offer. The, the Federal Retirement Flight Plan 
Again, you can call 817-444-8402 to get your hands on that book. But a lot to go through here. And again, if you have questions, that number also will work to get in touch with Bree uh, and her dad, Tim. If you have any questions about these changes that are coming up, want to determine what you should be doing about mutual funds or your other options are rolling over. A lot of things are changing, but again, work with someone before you take any steps, right? Make any big adjustments. So uh, again, Tim and, Tim and Bree are always there to help you with that as a federal employee. All right. A couple things we want to do before we get out of here. Let's start with a little getting to know you question, Bree. I got one for you this week. And, and this doesn't necessarily have to be, you don't have to take this from the perspective of a certified financial planner, because I probably know which one's the smarter choice in that regard. But just personal preference, which one appeals to you more? A really nice home or a really nice car? Personally? Personally. It's all... Oh, this see personally, this one's a hard one because I had a little zoom zoom coupe <laughs> before I got married, and I did enjoy it. But it was an RX eight and Mazda RX eight, and the engine was super super finicky. And I promised myself that this was my last little zoom zoom car because maintenance on it was a devil, and I ended up spending a ton of bl- bloody money. Um, so for me, it's always house. It's really really always house. Okay. Um, and part of that is being a mom. Part of that is having French fries and sticky stuff in my car. Like I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. feel right buying a Porsche and putting a five-year-old in it. That would be ludicrous in my mind. Yeah. Um, plus it's hard. I cannot turn off the CFP. Cars depreciate the minute I drive it off the lot. I know, I, know. <laughs> I actually did an entire, we've got a, a series of videos that we, I do for our, our clients called beverages with Brie. And it's just a, a little cute short video where I talk about sometimes market topics, sometimes other things. And I have a beverage um, and sometimes a um, recipe for the beverage if it's fun. And I did an entire beverage with Brie about how much I hated vehicles. Like, don't ask me. I just want it to get me from here to there safely and comfortably. Like that's all I need in a car. To me, a house is always, a house is an investment. A house is an asset. Car, not so much. And especially in Fort Worth, where I see people driving cars that are way out of their budget. (laughs) (laughs) That was something I learned when I was dating. (laughs) (laughs) You could not tell anything about how a person budgets by by their car in in DFW. Yeah, that's kind of across the board. Yeah, I knew from a CFP background, I knew what your answer would be. Pretty clear, but just from a personal, you know, just preference. If, If they were both the same value... And, I, I'm uh, buying. I'm buying a house every okay. day of the week. I like it. All and, right. and part of that means being part of that's also being married to an architect and like loving yeah. buildings and structures and stuff. Yeah, that's where it comes from. All right, very good. We also had a question I wanted to get uh, your thoughts on before we get out of here today on the financial flight plan podcast. It came in from AJ in Fort Worth. He says I have seven different IRAs, all at different investment companies. It's gotten to be a lot to keep up with, but I like the idea of being diversified like this. That's a good idea, right? Ooh, AJ. Unfortunately, you're not the first person that has come to me with an idea like this, but I would I would challenge you that are you actually diversified? I mean, yes, your money is in a lot of different places, but what are the underlying investments at each place? You may own the same thing seven times over. And I would say as a financial planner, it would be impossible for me to work with you or someone like you because if I don't know the other assets and I don't know what the investments are within them, I would be doing you a disservice. 
So I'm really, really uncomfortable when people come in and say they have, you know, seven different financial advisors. The other thing I'd say, seven different IRAs, required minimum distributions are going to be heck. Um, I don't know how old you are yet, AJ, but if you start doing required minimum distributions, not only is the idea of figuring out what your total required minimum distribution is, but where are you taking it from? And what if you forget one of these seven IRAs? How do you how do you fix that? I, it's too much, in my opinion. You you've caused a giant mess for yourself, and not only yourself, but your poor spouse. If something happens to you, I would consolidate. Personally, I wouldn't be comfortable dealing with that many people, and I don't think you're diversified. I mean, no, that's not the definition of diversification. Diversification is making sure we're in multiple asset classes, multiple investments, not multiple people. Right. Good point. Well, thank you for that question, AJ. We do appreciate it. Again, work with your advisor to get a clearer picture as always. All right, Bree, let's close out the financial flight plan podcast on that note. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And again, if you have any questions about these upcoming changes or whenever you listen to this, the current changes to the TSP, please get in touch with Bree and Tim over at Estes Financial. You can find them online, estesfinancial.net and over the phone at 817-444-8402. Bree, again, a long list of stuff to go through today, but appreciate you walking us through it. Okay. And everybody listening, go out and lead an abundant life.